What is up, guys, and welcome to another episode of Guadagni Vision, the first ever podcast dedicated to Paraguayan football in English. As always, I'm Ruben Rojas, and joining me are my three great co-hosts, Federico Perez, Maria Britos, and Ralph Hanna. And guys, here we are, all four of us, the first episode of 2023 with all of us here. And what better way to, to do to get the gang all reunited? Because the Paraguayan League is back. Yes, the Apertura begins this weekend. It restarts uh, after kind of a little bit of a short break after the World Cup. But obviously, we are back. Obviously, we've got some teams to talk about, give some predictions, how we really feel about this tournament. Um, talk about some of the teams that have already played some games and some friendlies, some teams that are going to be playing in a game before the season starts. We'll also be talking about what's been going on for the Paraguay U20 side as they are currently in the South American U20 Championship. At the time of recording, they've already won uh, one game and tied one against Colombia and beat Argentina, which means if they win today against Peru, they would probably advance to the final round, which would mean perhaps uh, certain qualification to the World Cup in Indonesia. But let's get started here, guys. I'm excited. Let's see. Let's talk to someone who wasn't here last week after dealing with some sort of mysterious illness. We don't even know what it was. It could be one of those like weird flus that you get. But Fede Perez, how are you, man? And it's good to see you on this, uh, you know, now here on the on the first episode of 2023 with you in it. Yeah, you said a short break, Roberto. It felt like forever, to be honest. When there's no football going around, I, I get kind of bored. I don't know what to do. I start I start kicking a ball around. Uh, wonderful to be with you all again. Another year, uh, almost the first, almost the end of the first month already, right? Almost the end of January when everybody's listening to this. So yeah, th thankfully I got through the vacations, the heat, the heat, the hot weather here. We're, we're still under summer over here. So yeah, the football is going to start with with high temperatures. The last preseason games have been like that also for most teams. Teams are ready, or, or at least that's the speech right now, right? Hey, we're ready. Everybody's looking good. That, that's usually the speech that you hear during the preseason. But yeah, it's almost time for those official matches, the, the, the matches that are that are worth seeing. And yeah, we, we obviously got to talk about the teams, the new teams also in this first division. Uh, I'm always happy to do this show, this podcast with all of you. Uh, you know, this podcast that, that, that just keeps on growing and growing. I, I was looking at our numbers. We, we got... 40 views on our first uh, YouTube video of the year. So hopefully that keeps on growing the numbers. Hopefully we get more and more people commenting, leaving a comment down there. We're, we're always reading you guys, whatever you want to suggest, whatever you want to say, we're always with you guys. This show is not just for us to get our minds out there to speak about our football, about what we want, but we also want to give uh, our audience what they want to hear. Uh, I'm ready. I'm pumped. I, I already saw my first match of the year. I was at, at Cerro Porteño's ground the other day with the Noche Azulgrana, the uh, Azulgrana night. Uh, they, they had their friendly against the Bolivian team, so I can talk a little bit about that. I'm following, obviously, what's going on with the under-20 team, and, and the expectations are high, Roberto. This year might come with a couple of surprises. We're going to have big games also, and it's all going to be here like it's been, what, three, four years now in here in Guarani Vision everything's starting to go back uh to the way it always been with uh with football going on in the country let's go all the way to south beach to to uh to maria on this one because obviously here we are at the start of a new season obviously you know all these teams like i said the 12 teams actually uh in the in the apertura all of them coming with the dream obviously depending on what their status is it could be to be champions it could be just to stay there or it could be just to to not get relegated i mean there's there's always a lot to go on and i think that's always exciting uh, when you look at, you know, some of the teams that we got in this, uh, 
in this new league. Um, so yeah, I mean, certainly it's going to be a, a very interesting season and, you know, obviously one with the big teams like Olympia said, Olivertad, Nacional Guarani and so on, they'll be looking to, to hopefully capture silverware this year. Yeah. Hey guys. Uh, uh, thank you for joining us again. And I'm happy that Fede is back with us and that he's healthy again. Um, yeah. I'm excited for this new season. So that, um, it's 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 gonna be you know an exciting one for you know our our teams uh Olympia especially like I said last time I think they're looking ahead into continuing to get another um you know another championship um and you know all the signings that they've been doing I think that 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 speaks a lot about them wanting to improve their team and like I was saying last time um you know they want to know what works best and and you know, just making sure that that the their team is comfortable and and their signings as well are are good signings and that the fans are happy with that as well. So, um, yeah, just looking forward to you know seeing a good tournament. You know, dramatic like always. There's always drama in Paraguay, uh, in Paraguay football. So, looking forward to that and you know just looking to talk to you guys more about the season as well. Absolutely. We're here for a really good season. It's, it's hard to believe, like Fede said, we're already a couple of days until February, you know, and we've only got a couple of football uh, that's only going to start, you know, this weekend. But thankfully, what we see in Colombia and going into Ralph on this one, we do see some players who could be on their way into the um, into the first teams in, in Paraguay. Obviously, a lot of players that are playing currently in the South American U-20 championship uh, currently, like I said, unbeaten so far after two games and a really good position to to qualify to the um, to the final round. But I think this is also an opportunity for a lot of people, for those that have been used to seeing the Paraguayan players um, in the league. Um, it also gives an opportunity for some that maybe haven't had a chance at their at their club, maybe playing on a youth level or a reserve level, you know, maybe to to impress the coaches there in the in the first division or even the national team managers or even scouts around the world to um, to get an opportunity that that they probably won't get uh, if they didn't play this tournament. Yeah, that's right. Hi, Roberto. Hi, everybody. Um... Yeah, the under twenties has has been good so far for for Paraguay, and like you said, there's it's an interesting mix that squad of you have some players with lots of first team experience, like um, uh, Mati Segovia, for example, or Diego Gomez, who who played most of the games for Libertad towards the end of last season. But then you have other guys like the top scorer Alan Wilk, who's never played a senior game for for Olympia. So it, these are these really are kind of undiscovered players for for many people that even though they follow the Paraguayan league, won't, won't have seen some of these players. So it's, it's very interesting. And I think it's been a great, great start so far. So we can, we can talk more about that for sure of, of how Paraguay have been getting on. And then about the league, I mean, yeah, it's, it's exciting. I, I don't know if we'll have too many surprises. I'm wondering who's going to be the Nacional of this season, because I don't think it will be Nacional again, if I'm honest, but then I'm wondering like, surely one of the teams is going to surprise us. So, there's a, we'll have to have a think about who that might be. But I'm looking forward to it. It's uh, it's getting exciting that we can finally start watching some some Paraguayan football again because it's been a while. Absolutely. Well, let's let's actually go back to obviously what's going on in Colombia because as we speak right now, obviously this is the only football that's going on involving Paraguayan uh, teams aside from friendlies that we'll talk about in a bit. But you know, obviously Paraguay are playing currently in the U20 Championship to qualify for the World Cup in Indonesia. It's been ten years 
hard to believe that they qualify for a U20 World Cup. And this has been a, a Paraguay side who've historically, like if you look at history, have always been in these uh, competitions. If correct me wrong, I think they've been to like nine of the 23 U20 World Cup, which is a really good record considering how vital youth football is over there in Paraguay. But looking at some of the games that they've already played, they were already, we spoke about it last week, how they were really in a tough group and they really needed to, to get results against the big teams to, to be able to, to have a chance at qualifying to the final stage. Look no further than in the first two games. Uh, they took the lead in both of them, actually. But the first one that they did, coming from a player like you had mentioned, uh, Ralvin, someone who's getting a lot of attention now, actually, in uh, in Alan Wilk, obviously, you know, scoring the penalty. He was the top goal scorer in the in the Odesur last year when Paraguay won the gold medal. So, obviously, he's retaining his form uh, again in this tournament, scoring the penalty in the sixth minute uh, before, equalized, before um, Colombia equalized early in the second half. Got a good point against the host, but then the game against Argentina, obviously the reigning world champions, uh, the manager, Javier Machinano. A lot of these players on the Argentina side have already been given opportunities not to play, obviously, for the first team, but, you know, be it's like sparring or reserves for the world champions. And Paraguay go and take the lead again, uh, thanks to a goal from Giveto Flores before Argentina equalized uh, for Maximiano Peron. But then, obviously, another penalty for Paraguay, and Alan Wilkes scores again, so... You know, Fede, I'll go to you on this one. I mean, you know, certainly the results for Paraguay have been going well so far, but they've been doing what they've got to do, you know, getting the wins against Argentina. They probably could have, they should have won the game against Colombia, but I think, you know, getting results against the host is always uh, a positive result. And now they're in a position where, you know, they're taking on a Peru side who haven't won a single game yet uh, so far. And, you know, they're in a good position to, to qualify to the next round. And again, now everything would change if they do, do that and kind of the perspective on on this team yeah going into our third game of the competition i'm feeling pretty good about this team to be honest with you guys after what i saw uh, in these two games you know in that first game we, we saw how the team kind of struggled to keep up with the Colombians, especially on that second half but we, we we really ended up very tired even with a couple of players that that look like we're injured like Diego Gomez which is a star in this team also you guys mentioned Matias Segovia which has been I think the biggest star yet in these two games we probably should have scored even a little more on those first 45 minutes. We were attacking. We, we were having the best chances. Colombia was not dealing well with us. And then the second half started and Colombia uh, uh, got, got their goal right away. So the, the match totally changed and, and they really had a lot of opportunities uh, to, to take it away from us. But it, it ended up being a good tie uh, against the home team with the home crowd also right there in the stadium. It was not an easy first game for Paraguay. You know, always the players are nervous for, for the debut, for the first game. So it, was, it wasn't going to be easy for, to, to play for these guys. Uh, even though I, I'm repeating what I said, I loved what I, what I saw in those 44, 45 minutes because it, it's, it was what we're hearing from the coach before the tournament, that the Paraguay was going to go into this tournament and attack, just like we saw in the older sword last year, uh, a team that wants to propose, that wants to, that, uh, that wants to have the ball, that, that wants to be important in midfield. And you can see that with, with, with Segovia, especially he's our playmaker. And uh, I'm really happy that he's getting that spotlight that I think everybody here in Paraguay knows that he can have. Uh, yeah, he, he also has to come back and, and defend a little more because he's not your typical 10. Uh, teams don't play like that anymore. You, you just can't have a creative player floating around there in midfield and not do anything when your team doesn't have the ball. So maybe he, he, he's getting a little tired running back to pitch, but 
when he has the ball, he's unstoppable. I mean, he's taking players out, beating pretty much anyone in this tournament on the one-on-one. I want to see him against Brazil in a couple of games, see if he can do that against one of the big teams. Also, he did it against Argentina. So, you know, he's he's catching people's attention. And Mati Segovia, he's probably our first big jam of the year, I would say. You know, the, the first star that we're seeing. And and the, the under 20 is the last step before you make it to the national team. So it, it's really good that we're seeing this uh, level from him. But I, I'm really liking the whole team itself. I mean, this under t- this under 20 wants to compete. You can see that the, the guys have that fire in them. Uh, the, the team looks very united also. You, you see them hugging and kissing every time they score. So, so I'm, I'm liking that spirit, you know. You, you need that team spirit, especially in a competition like this. When you're playing pretty much every three days, you need, you need the, a full roster. Also, you need those players that are coming in to make a difference. And we kind of saw that against Argentina already. So in, in the way I see it, there's no excuses. I mean, they did the whole long process to build a good team. They had good results going into this tournament. So my expectations are really high. I want to go back to a World Cup. If it's an under-20 World Cup, I'm going to be really happy if that's the way this year starts, Ralph. Yeah, that's right. It's it's the first time since 2013 that they might go to the World Cup. And interestingly, in 2013, Paraguay beat Argentina in their second game 2-1, which is what happened here as well at the weekend, beating Argentina 2-1. So it's a good omen for those that like to believe in that kind of thing. But it, but it's a really good team. I think what, one of the strengths of this Paraguay team is that they're actually the same team that played in Odesur pretty much. Whereas what I've seen is from a lot of the other the other countries, they didn't take their, their best sides to Odesur. And so now they've brought in some new players. Argentina, for example, had lots of European-based players in that team. But but maybe they don't have some of the organization, the coordination that Aldo Bobadilla has has managed to get with with Paraguay because Paraguay were very comfortable without the ball. They play a lot without the ball, but then they're very comfortable. They're organized. And then when they do get the ball is very quick using people like Mati Segovia or Diego Gonzalez on, on the other side. And they're very quick to, to attack and, and they have very like uh, clear concepts of what they want to do. And it was interesting that in the Argentina game, compared to the Colombia game, they actually played a 4-4-2. So in the Colombia game, it was 4-3-3. He switched to 4-4-2 because he brought in Roland to play up front with Wilf. And Paraguay was still very good with that. So they, the team is flexible, adaptable, which is really important. And that totally caught out Mascherano, I think, because uh, Argentina, just for long periods of the game, had nobody in the middle. Like they, they, they just left a huge space in the middle. And I think they weren't expecting Paraguay to line up the way they did. So that, that also helped as well. Um, I guess one player just to talk about from a defensive side, but it's actually because he's very good going forward, is the left back, uh, Cantero. He's also a Guarani. He's been really good so far and, and impressive on that on that left-hand side. So there's lots of players we're seeing that are, are having an impact here. And uh, Paraguay going into this game, or as we record, they're, they're going into the game against Peru. Is a team they beat 6-0 at Odesur, for sure. The Peruvian side is a bit stronger now with some of the, the call-ups. You would hope they would they would be able to get the three points and and then see themselves through. And remember, this is this was the group of death because you had not just the host Colombia, you have Argentina and Brazil. I mean, you have three massive teams in this group. If they can get through this, in theory, the final round should be an easier prospect with with maybe only Uruguay, kind of the the strongest side in the in the other group over there. So 
is, is very positive. And if they go to a World Cup, it's great for the national team. It's great for these players. They get even more exposure for sure. There's lots of scouts looking at lots of them. I, I know that as a fact. So it's, it's, very, it's very good for the whole future of the national team if, if your under-20s can perform well. So it's been, it's been great so far. Long may it continue. I wanted to jump in and Maria, you can go in as well, because I think, you know, looking at someone like Alan Wilk, for example, obviously he's um, he's already gotten the attention like uh, Fede and, and Ralph had mentioned. This is a guy that hasn't played yet for Olympia's first team, but I would think that, you know, and obviously Olympia have done well so far in their transfers and we'll talk about them in a in a bit in the in our league preview. But I got to say, like, if I'm Julio Cesar Cáceres and I'm looking at and I'm sure he's getting his like notice of what he's been doing. Uh, at what he did at the Odessor, what he did at youth level, and he has a professional contract. But listen, if if he wants to be serious about p- putting this guy in, you know, I tie him up to that first team, and I wouldn't say maybe make him a starter per se, because I just think it's maybe unless he's really confident in doing it. But th- this has to be someone that they need to put on that first team, and it's like a lot of these other players as well. Like it said, I think these performances against these teams, you know, kind of helps boost them up, not just for them to get more opportunities at like their clubs in, in Paraguay, but also to get them more attention to, to other scouts and other teams around the world. Yeah. I, I was thinking about, about him, um, Alan, you know, I, I, he's been getting a lot of attention lately. And I think that, that that's important because you, you're, you're playing in these games, you know, in the sub in the sub twenties and, and, you're getting more attention from your coach and, you know, hopefully this helps him um, see like this helps his coach what his capabilities are and, you know, see that he has what it takes to be in the first team. Um, it would be good if he could start because, you know, that, 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 that will bring a gateway into him continuing to uh, Olympia and then just being, you know, a starter for for a long time and just having more experience as a starter but um other than that yeah i think i think he's he's gonna he's one of the great prospects and and i think that he has a good future in his hands um i just hope that they know what to do with him and that he doesn't you know stay in the background um other than that i i, I think these uh this world cup this 20 uh, workouts are, are great for our national team that you guys were saying. I've been talking about this for a long time. You know, we need to look into the youngsters and this is the time. And, and I think this is the time that, that, that kids can, can, you know, show what they have. And, you know, also not only that, but put our name back again into the, into the game, you know, um, show what Paraguay is capable of. I love um, that, that they are being more attacking, like Fede was saying, because that's something needing to work on, not just being a defensive Paraguayan traditional team that they've always been, but more attacking and, and just putting more more goals out there. I feel like we haven't been able to work on that and that part and as a national team, making scoring, you know, not just always a 1-1, one, one, a 2-1, give us more gold, you know, give us something to celebrate. So I think that's great that they're working on that. But other than that, I'm looking forward to, 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 to these kids. I, I hope that they really shine and, 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 and that they enjoy it as well. Yeah, definitely. I think that's, that's always the main thing as well. Like, obviously, you know, this is something that, you know, regardless of how they do in this tournament, 
this is the future. This is literally some of these guys will probably be in the national team this year. I would hope so after, especially if they do qualify for, for the World Cup or something. Like, it's almost as if, like, Guillermo is kind of has to look as like, no, okay, we need to need to install them into the into the first team and and just go from there. But I think it's it's also credit to, like, um, like Rafa mentioned, the, the work of Alobo Adilla. Obviously, Alobo Adilla was a, a former goalkeeper for Paraguay. He, he had uh, done a lot of stuff uh, in, in the lower leagues, done a lot of youth football as well. So this is a manager, obviously, with experience um, working with youngsters uh, beforehand. And so he has a knack of what it works like uh, going into to what this tournament can go for it. So I think, you know, for someone like him, he's in a, he's in a good spot. I think there was a lot of doubts about him when he was first appointed. U20 manager, but like, I mean, obviously he's proving the critics wrong by getting this all this sore win. And hell, if they make it to to a World Cup, I think that would probably obviously boost his his reputation even further uh, in comparison to to pre to former managers of the, of the U20 side. Yeah, and usually you get managers here with with without much experience, right? That get the under 20, and it's not Aldo Bolidis' case. I mean. Uh, you can look at his career as a player, and then you can look at what he's done already as a head coach. He was champion in Colombia, uh, where this tournament is being played, and 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 you know he's he's very well known over there, very respected, and I think he's just making a, a bigger name for himself as the game goes goes on, as, as your team, this team, as you're seeing this team the way it's been playing. I, I think I said it last year. I mean, I think it will be even uh, natural for him to be the next or or to be considered the next. Uh, uh, coach for the for the national team for the senior national team just because he's now working with this young side and most of these players are going to end up there eventually hopefully they will hopefully the the clubs here in Paraguay are open also after a tournament like this when the offers come to sell the players and not contain them not have them there as a sub sitting pretty much all, all year round like this happened to most of these guys in these last tournaments so, so we'll, we'll see what happens we'll see if those offers end up coming it's going to be even more important if we make it to the world cup even more eyes are going to be on top of these players on top of Paraguay so I think we just got to knack that we got to we got to get it we got to get it done Roberto we have to get into the next phase and then we have to get to the world cup the work has just begun in this Sul Americano it's only getting started right now, so let's uh, let's hope that Paraguay do indeed impress us all and qualify uh, next time that we do speak. But let's switch gears to what's really going to happen this weekend, what we've been really talk excited to talk about. The Paraguay League, the Apertura, is back, like I mentioned. Obviously, uh, 12 teams looking to become the Paraguay League champions, defending champions Olympia, who actually won't be playing in the first few games. Uh, they actually will be playing um, in their last game this weekend because they play the uh, Paraguayan Supercopa against the against Ameliano, who won the Paraguayan Cup. Obviously, the league champions was Olympia, so they play that Super Cup on Wednesday. But they will take on a team that has returned to the uh, to the first division in Sportivo Luqueño. Looking at some of the games that we've got uh, at our disposal, we got six of them. Looking in order, we start things off with a, a really interesting clash. Actually, two heavyweights uh, to start off the league: Libertad against Guarani on Friday. Then we got Trinidense, the returning Trinidense after a few years in the second division, taking on Tacuaru. Uh, Guairenia taking on Nacional. General Caballero of Juan Leon Mallorquin taking on Resistencia. Cerro Borteño, uh, obviously, who had just come from there playing on the, the, um, the, the Noche Azulgrana uh, against Oriente Petrolero. They're playing Sportivo Almediano. And then closing it off, Olimpia Sportivo Luqueño. So, you know, right from the get-go, and I'll go to Ralph on this one, because I think right from the get-go, we do see really tasty matches at least to start off the league and I think that's always been the 
the thing. But like you had mentioned beforehand, I, I, I it's going to be interesting to see if there's any team that does surprise because I, I just I don't see anyone really going in for the punch or going in for a surprise like maybe Nacional have done or or even what I need to an extent. I, I think this is still going to be probably a season still dominated by the big teams. But I'm curious to see if there's going to be one that kind of stands out over the rest or we do get another thrilling league that we get that always is defined at the end of the week end of the the season so uh just like your thoughts on how you view this season overall and just what you expect from it yeah well the the clausura ended up being a, a big race between between olympia and cerro the two kind of classic rivals and the biggest two sides historically and in Paraguay, and I kind of see that happening again in the, in the Apertura. I mean, Olympia just have just got better. They were they were good enough to win the championship, and now they've caught in Buera, who was the top scorer, and and really that's a, a great strike of them to have. Uh, they managed to bring in Junior Barreto, who was a central defender that maybe Cerro were after, but but Olympia got him, so they've strengthened those lines there. Uh, you have Marco Gomez. Marcos Gomez really came through as a very important player in that clausura. He's only 21, so getting better. I mean, it's a very strong team, Olympia. Cerro, we talked about last week, they've strengthened up front, which is where they really needed to do so. Maybe they're going to be missing a little bit in defense without Alexis Duarte, but still, I think a very organized team when they, they have a lot of possession, so they're hard to, to break down to score against. And then with Libertad is a very interesting situation because Libertad has not signed anybody and they've lost a lot of players. I mean, uh, Boca Negra has gone, Marcelo Diaz has gone, Ivan Franco has gone on loan, as we talked about. So th that's an interesting situation. Um, we're kind of waiting to see because Libertad have money there lying around in case they wanted to, to buy someone. For now, they're kind of relying on, on a lot of their loanees coming back. A lot, a lot of players have also come back on from loans. So, so between the big three, you kind of think, well, it's Olympia and Cerro again that have done the most in the, in the market. <clears throat> and then you asked me about the surprise. I don't know. I mean, it's it, Nacional, of course, have now lost Bruera to Olympia. So that's a, that's a huge loss. That was Nacional needed that, those goals uh, from Bruera to have a chance. That's, that's really what, what propelled them up the league. You look at maybe Guarani. Guarani has a very exciting young team. We just mentioned uh, Matias Segovia. They also have a guy, uh, Romeo Benitez, but he might be injured for most of the season. But they have a lot of young players. Uh, the Cantero, who we spoke about, the left back, is actually also a Guarani. So maybe there's something there. But, of course, they've lost Fernando Fernandez, their main striker, who's gone, to, who's gone to Cerro. So this is why it's hard to find, like, who's that team that could surprise us. I mean, we should we should remember that that Lucenio is a very big team, even though they were in second division. They've recruited lots of kind of experienced old heads. They've got uh, Paulo Aguilar has come back, Osvaldo Martinez. Uh, they got Jorge Mendoza. So a lot of players that have been around and, and have experience. Maybe that can help them. Um, but at the moment, it's really hard to look past to look past the big two in in Cerro and Olympia. Uh, even Libertad, as I was saying, they, they've lost a lot of players. So you wonder really if they will be competing as much as much as they could. Let's, I mean, a lot depends on with people coming back from injury for Libertad and from, from loans. Maybe they feel they, they have enough depth and that's why they haven't signed anybody. 
Yeah, there are clearly clearly three teams that have the bigger budget, and it, and that actually is, is very important when you when you want to build a good team, right? Uh, Olympia, for the first time in, in several years, had the opportunity to sign players, so that makes them even stronger than they were last year. And even with all those problems, they were still champions several times here in Paraguay, winning the Copa Paraguay and being champions last year in the Clausura. So yeah, in my in the way I see it, they're number one candidate and and right behind them i would put libertad they, i did not like what i saw from cerro porteño they lost a couple of important players i don't know how they're going to deal with those uh defensive players uh, that role that, that that spot open that alexis duarte left especially uh he, he went to russia he left to russia and and they did not sign anybody yet hopefully they do they, they need somebody there uh, they improvised with with robert Pires damota the other day and that clearly did not work they brought in del valle uh, a young player that has had a couple of seasons already, but has never uh, gotten that starting role. Let's see if, if that's enough for him or enough for Cerro. It, it wasn't enough against Oriente Petrolero. Cerro did not look uh, 100% yet. So you, you need a team that that can that can be uh, strong back there. Obviously, they do have a lot of exciting attacking players with Diego Churin coming back, with Fernando Fernandez, the top scorer of last season, also signing for Cerro Porteño. So they clearly have enough uh, power to attack. Uh, hopefully they start getting those goals right from the forwards, which was something that they really needed last year and they, they couldn't get done. Robert Morales coming back from injury, same for Sergio Diaz. So clearly from uh, as for the attacking in Cerro Porteño, I think uh, Cerro fans are, are pretty pleased with what they got right there. Uh, and, and Libertad. And Libertad has everything to be champions again. Vidal uh, especially coming Coming back from injury, if he's 100%, I think he's, he could be a difference maker for, for uh, Libertad because they kept Oscar Tacuara Cardoso. They they were able to, to keep also Roque Santa Cruz. These guys look kind of old for everybody, but they can still do it in the league. And if they are and if they start the season uh, 100%, uh, strong scoring is going to be really hard to stop Libertad, especially when they play home games. Uh, I'm going to go with them. I'm going to go with Libertad, Olimpia. I think one of those two teams are going to take it, th this apertura. And especially because th these two teams are going to be kind of relaxed on the international stage also. Cerro has to start off early, uh, try to make it to the group stage in Libertadores. Nacional is going to have their head full with, with the first stage. They, they're the first ones to start their way in the Libertadores and see if they can make it to the group stage. So they're going to have a tight calendar. And then you have the big surprises, like Raph was saying. I, I have my big expectations from Luqueño, but, you know, they always have the pressure from their fans. I don't, I don't know if they really built a team to be a champion uh, in the Apertura, but they do really have a nice project there uh, for the long year. And I do think they have the budget now to try to have a competitive team. And then you have the cases of, of teams that have really good head coaches, Roberto. I mean, Guarani with, with Rodo Lopez, you have... Guaireña, Tiburón Torres, that's a, that's a coach that has experience and he's building something from scratch. Uh, in General Caballero, you have Humberto Ovelar, who was the coach that brought them to first division. They kept him for this year. Uh, uh, Resistencia took the, the, the coach that brought Luqueño to first division against Sassou, so you don't know what we're going to get out of those teams. They brought in so many players, Brazilians, Argentinians, players pretty much unknown to the Paraguayan scene, and I want to see them in these first games just to see really what they built uh, to see who can be the surprise this season. But I do think we're going to have one of those teams uh, surprising the big teams and maybe stopping and, and, and hopefully 
uh, being there in those top spots, trying to make it to to the championship this in this opportunity. Um, I think it's you know it's a little earlier to do predictions, but I'm gonna always go with Olympia. Uh, you know, returning champions. Um, and I, it's always going to be a battle between Olympia and Cerro, um, in, 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 you know, traditionally that's been how it is. So I'm going to say, I'm going to go with Olympia again. I, I think that Cerro is going to give them a good run for their, you know, for their money because if they did sign good players and, and, you know, it's looking like they're getting their squad together and. Um, I think that that they want to get that kind of like revenge um, from last um, Clausura, and um, you know, like I said earlier, Olympia also has been doing some good signings. They're they're working on on getting better players and building a a, a nice team. And um, I just I just think that they that they've been doing that their luck has been you know going well. Uh, you know, they, they with the with the championship that they won in uh, Clausura, they did gain gain some money. And after all the bad luck that they went through the past, I don't know, two years or so, um, I think that they're finally back to on their feet, being on their feet, and and giving their fans uh, what they've been wanting for a while. Um, for the the surprise team, I think I'm gonna go with uh, you know, like a team like Sportivo Trinidense. They did sign Lucas Barrios that came back from from retirement, and I think that's great because he's always been a good player, and and everybody loves him. So I, I, just the fact that that they did that, I think that Barrios could probably, you know, be motivated and and give this small little team a a, a good run for their money as well. Um, it's it's not easy to convince someone to come back from retirement, and and the fact that they did that uh, will hopefully be a good uh, a, a good uh, turnaround for them. So, yeah. well organized club. They have Johnny Santana working there, uh, a former national team player. Great stuff. He's doing good, a very good job in Trinidad. Uh, Rob, just to be clear, who are your predictions? Can you repeat that, and, and then I'll, I'll repeat mine. <laughs> um. I was just trying to search if there was anywhere online you can find like the betting odds for who are the favorites. But but I don't think uh, the Paraguayan company, Apostada, I don't think they do that. They do like individual games, but not the overall title. So um, I would assume that Olympia are the favorites. So maybe it's boring to choose, but but I think I, I would go for Olympia because what they've really what they really have is the, the core of the team that won the league. They've added very well in key positions. And then what uh, Julio Cesar Cáceres is kind of proving is he's a really good coach. I mean, at first you thought maybe it was a bit of luck, some of the titles he won with the with the Copa, the Super Copa and stuff. But now it's like, well, he's he's proving himself to to really be a top a top manager. So I think I think I'll go for Olympia. And for the surprise team, I'll just put in just to be different. I'll put in Guayrenia. And the reason why, because um, I do like the fact that they they picked up uh, Roberto Torres as a coach, and so then they could be they could be a bit of a, a surprise in there. Now, oh, Olympia has so much to offer this season. I mean, they kept uh, Delis Gonzalez. I don't know how they kept all their players, to be honest, with all those depth that they supposedly have around. But yeah, there's so many people with money in Olympia, and they're all helping out. They're all chipping in. 
with a president that has uh, apparently enough in his wallet to keep this team together after being champions. They pretty much didn't saw anybody. So yeah, the way I see it is just the way that Rob sees it. Uh, the coach is so comfortable right now that he might even put his son eventually in this team. Thiago Cáceres, he played for the reserve team the other day and he eventually might start or, or get some time in this apertura or the clausura. He's on the roster. So, you know, I think that's how comfortable right now Julio Cáceres is after uh, ending the year. He has so many young players also that can come about and all that, everything that they brought. I mean, uh, all players that, that really have the level to play at, at Olympia. And I think Olympia is the number one favorite. And then right there is Libertad. I, I said it before. I think Libertad are going to, are going to be tight right there until the last matches. And, uh, I, I, you know, the, the letdown, the way I see it is going to be Cerro Porteño. I did not like that environment uh, around the team the other day. Uh, Chiqui Arsene needs to win a championship. Uh, if not, he might leave that spot early if, he, if he's not in the fight. So talking about those three big teams, right? Olympia, first spot. Uh, uh, Libertad was my second candidate. And as a surprise, I'm going to go with Itaquari. I'm going to go with Itaquari. Itaquari actually ended up the year really well. Uh, and even though they have a coach that does not have much experience or has, hasn't done anything huge yet, I think they have quality players, especially Valdez. That's a player to follow. He had a great season last year around. So my surprise or my team to follow, uh, a team that could really uh, put in danger the big teams is going to be Taquari. But uh, all of these teams are could be surprises, Roberto. We don't know what they're going to bring this season. We don't. We don't really know. This could all be a case of how maybe Olympia just fall flat on their face and self-destruct. Uh, I'm just going bust on our predictions because I, I do agree. I think, I think we're all in agreement here. I think Olympia... Uh, if there were betting favorites for the overall winner, like Ralph had mentioned, I think they would be up there. I think they have not just because they're defending champions, but I think they have probably the best side, the best players. They were able to retain a lot of their good players while also gaining a lot of the good players that had come from the the Paraguay League. So, no, I, I agree. I think Olympia are the clear favorites. For me, my prediction, they're going to be the the champion of the Apertura. Uh, another title for Julio Cesar Cáceres um, on his Mount, even if, and I'll even go a bit further and say that he'll win the, the Supercopa this, this week, actually. So that, that could be two titles in the short span of a, of six months. So yeah, that's, that's, that would be a big thing for him. I think, yeah, like you had said, I think Libertad, they're a side that, you know, like Ralph had said, they haven't spent a lot and they have the money that they need. So they're kind of really working with uh, house money, really. So they're in a spot where they, if they need to spend, they'll do it, but they're not in that position because of the way that they, have been playing so far that I think they will challenge Olympia. Uh, for me, I think for Cedro, and, you know, it pains for me to say this as a fan, they, I just, I'm not convinced by the side. I think Fed is right. I think what we saw against Oriente Petrolero, which again, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's a friendly, you know, you don't really take into high consideration uh, that being detriment, detrimental to your season, but I just, you look at the way that they've been playing, how they closed it out, how they really didn't fill out some of the, the main issues that have been going on. Yes, they brought in Federico Fernandez, but how useful will he be in the matches that he plays? Still need to find someone to slot into someone to replace Duarte, for example. Um, and, and just so many things going on. I, I think they're going to underwhelm. You know, it pains me to say this, but I think they're going to have a really underwhelming season, which that could be enough to maybe, like you said, take Chiqui Arce out of his role. And yeah, that, that would be kind of a an issue to have, especially considering what they can probably do in the Libertadores, hours is maybe they're saving grace, maybe get into a so many kind of things go badly and see what happens there. And in terms of a surprise, oh man, everyone's had different options. People have said, um, some people have said, um, 
you know, teams like Diocinidense, uh, Guadagna as well. I mean, I, I kind of want to be different and pick another one, but I, I'm going to have to choose one of those three sides that you guys pick. And I'm going to side with Maria on this one, actually. I'm going to pick Diocinidense. I think, like you had said, uh, Lucas Barrio is coming in. You know, this is a side that typically, you know, sides that uh, obviously have that, um, like, go into the first division after quite some time. They kind of have that kind of boost, you know, that kind of confidence. I've kind of seen that from previous teams like Ameliano, like Guarenia, Resistencia in their time, they always have that like little bit of a bounce where they go in and they kind of surprise. And I think that's going to be Trinidense on this one. So I, I I don't see them obviously fighting for the title or anything like that, but I do see them getting some points that might be useful enough for them to, to, to get out of relegation, maybe qualify for a, for a Sudamericana or something like that. So yeah, I mean, for me, I, I think, Trinidense might be the the team that could surprise all of us in this league, but like uh, like um, Feather had mentioned, you know anything can happen. There could be surprises here and there. Any team can go. That's that's the beauty of our league that just anything goes. And you know, yes, obviously teams like Cerro Olimpia Libertad they always have the favorites when you look at it on paper and the, the wealth that they have. But you know, that's I, I think it's just a, a surprise that anything can happen, and I think it's going to be expected. Who may it be? We don't know, but we'll definitely talk about it in the next few episodes that we cover the Paraguayan League and close out another great episode of Guadalupe Vision for myself, Roberto Rojas, Fede Perez, Maria Britos, and Ralph Hanna. Thank you so much for listening in. See you soon.